Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back for episode five of Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one podcast network, sports podcast network. Screwed that up already. Restart. No, we're, we're going to fight through it. Joined by, what are you going by these days? The one and only Wade. The one and only Wade. Wade's local San Diego hero, former LMU club baseball star, lifelong Padre fan, slowly learning and loving pottery prospects because as a pottery fan you kind of just have to love pottery prospects or it's all we got or it's a tough it's tough sledding for you so on today's show or do you want to get into favorite number fives because today's episode five officially of the new show so do you have a favorite number five out there just shooting from the hip here i'm gonna go reggie bush college reggie bush interesting why just his highlight reel, you know? Helix High, local legend. That's true. Okay, there's the San Diego connection. And was great for USC, but then also burned them. So I respect that, too. Which was also great. I like that a lot, yeah. Got a house out of it. He got his. Oh, definitely. Got paid. Got your ship. And then, you know, not my problem anymore. On to the next one. Living life to the extreme. What's he doing today? I think he works for NFL Network. Is he good on the NFL Network? I don't really know. Hot take alert here. LT is terrible on NFL Network. Yeah, he's not the greatest. Want to say that to Mike too? Yeah, he's not the greatest. Mike's over here, not over there. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's terrible. So on today's show, we're debating. We were debating this a couple nights ago. Um, you were you were heavy into the White Claw, but we were debating C.J. Abrams or Xavier Edwards. C.J. Abrams. Why not? Because. It's a prospect show, and the prospect season is actually almost over because minor league baseball is wrapping up. We're seeing all the guys come up to the big club, or we're just not going to hear from them again until next year. So why not debate C.J. Abrams, who's the number one pick this year, versus Xavier Edwards, who was the second Padres selection last year, late supplemental round, um, I think pick 34 or something. But they're both doing really well, and it's, it's, it's exciting. So we can talk about both. Also on today's show... Padres are in free fall, although we're recording this on Sunday, July 21st. And they just nice beat, win. Just beat the Cubs. We were watching that. So are they even free fall? Or are they back? They could be back, you know. We do this Tatis every time. Tatis and Urias up the middle. They lose a game, and we want to trade everyone, and then they win a game, and they're, they're good again. We do trade Kirby, though. Ooh. Hot so take. do you go full sell? Who do you sell? You already said you want to trade Kirby. We've talked about that on the show before. You haven't, but I have. Do we still sell Kirby? He was good today. He's never his stock will never be higher. That's absolutely that's absolutely true. Um, you might as well trade him. Same thing with Hand. Like Mejia's good now. We traded Hand last year for him. Is Mejia good though? Hit a dinger today. He did. He looks good. And they brought up 
you mentioned this, Urias, who I was yelling about last week. I wanted him up, and so you're welcome. He's up now. Where do you think Ian Kinsler is right now? Um, I'm guessing like some island in the South Pacific against his will, probably. And if he's not there yet, I'm willing to pitch in for the plane ticket. I would pitch in as well. And throw him double birds through the window as he gets on the plane. You know. Oh, I wasn't talking to you, Ian. It was, yeah. uh, it was the guy next to you. Just to pump the fans. It out. was to my fans, not not you at all. Um, so, do you go after a pitcher? Syndergaard, for example. This is what we're going to talk about today. So, pitching staff is going to be huge. We're, we have a huge list of pitchers on the Potters roster right now. Young guys, guys that are injured, that are going to come back next year. And everyone's been talking about trading for a pitcher. So, who do you go after and who would you sell to get that pitcher? I would go after a starting pitcher. The only problem is the market you have to find. Well, this is what we call a tease, so we'll get to it later. But, yeah, industry words. New to the podcast game. Um, so what's the rotation look like for next year? That's going to be a big issue because we all knew the rotation was going to be kind of young and bad this year. So what does that mean for next year? Um, that leads into the next thing we're going to talk about. Time to reset expectations for this team. Nothing there? Okay. <laughs> we are, we're, I'm going to reset. I've officially reset. I'm going to convince Wade to reset. And the last thing, if we have time, maybe not, depending on how much we ramble, I'm going to fix sports for you. Interesting. All four major sports I'm going to fix. There's four? Not hockey. We're throwing soccer in there. Because I don't know about that one. Did soccer pass hockey? I don't think so. You check in the Canadian it's ratings? pretty big right now. Those Canadian ratings haven't come in yet. Gotcha. But I am getting European ratings, and soccer's back. Okay, let's get to the news. Cue the new sound. She means some new sound in there. It's all post-production. Choo-choo-choo. It's all, it's all secret stuff. You don't see me making the sausage back here, but it's being made. Arias is up, and he looked like old Luis Arias. He looked like, uh, well, not old. Louis, old Luis Arias was pretty bad. But he looked like minor league Luis Arias. Great defensively. So up the middle with Tatis, his former partner in crime in the minors, plays good defense, uh, took a big walk today late in the game when we needed base runners, and I think it was 2-1 to one at the time, um, gets on base. Always been a patient hitter, always hit for a high average, really good contact skills. I just, it's it's good to see him up having success this time because he even he got off to a bad start again this year. He's like I think he was three for twenty in his first twenty plate appearances. I was watching I was watching the game and they mentioned something like that. Like that. Him and Tatis that one two combo already driven him in twice in he, two games. He looks way more comfortable. Like he's up with all his friends now. Tatis, Fran Mill, Mejia. Uh, I don't know. Is he friends with Margot? Maybe I don't know. Pitchers, Munoz, like he's, he's been around all these guys and it's his second stint with the Padres. So you kind of just expect him to grow and mature a little bit, even though it's only been really like five months since he was supposed to, he was at spring training. Um, but he's always had those hit tools on base tools. The speed tool is not going to go anywhere. The defense isn't going anywhere. If he has to struggle for a little bit, I don't mind it because, like, what else were you getting at second base? You were getting two old, slow men playing defense up the middle, not making any plays. Oh, God. Kinsler. You remember when they signed Kinsler? Two years, $8 million. We're just like, what the hell are they doing? I didn't understand it at all. And Still I never, don't understand never it. Never understood it. And then he told everyone, uh, or he, actually, he didn't tell us. He said, fuck you to somebody, uh, allegedly, double birds to the fans. Um, 
I just never really felt like he fit in with the team. He didn't. So he, Arias slides in. Arias fits in perfectly. Terrible sugarcane chop. Oh, never had that going for him. Well, Will Myers has the worst sugarcane chop on the team. Yeah, probably. He, he's like the tall, lanky friend at the dance. That, But is it so bad that it's good? No, he needs to embrace the bad... Like he shouldn't, he doesn't know how bad it is. Some slow mo, Tom, some slow mo sugarcane chops. Yeah, maybe like does the wrong hand, like he goes the, the wrong way. Just he has to like go full embrace of verbal like, gif, the little white kid at the end of the dab line, not knowing how to dab. That's Will Myers. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I haven't seen that gif in a while. Good gif reference. So, anyway, Arisa's is up. Kinsler's been sent to the sun. So, that's good. Call ups galore in the last week. So, other news, Andres Munoz is up. That happened, I think, early last week. Um, may have talked about it on the show, I don't remember. But Adrian Morihon, who was uh, in the Futures game for the Padres, has been called up. And Michelle Baez, we can confirm that his name is now Michelle, has also been called up. He was really exciting a couple years ago, is a six foot eight monster uh, starting pitcher who was throwing 98-99 regularly. You think he lasts as a starting pitcher, or is he going to be a bullpen No, guy? he's been pitching out of the bullpen pretty much exclusively, I think, this year, AAA, AA. And I don't mind him in the bullpen. because Future closer? Yeah, why not? He, he brings the heat. He only needs two-plus pitches out of the bullpen, and he has them right now. The fastball, which is like a 70-grade fastball, plus a, a slider, which is like a 65-grade slider. Can Ballsy teach him the changeup? Ballsy's done wonders with the changeup for pitchers. If he could... He'd be a starter for sure. I think he's got starter build and he's got starter stamina. But the thing with him is it's hard for him to repeat his delivery, being such a big guy. And he's been dealing with the last couple of years some injuries. So big guys with back injuries, I'm just kind of worried about him trying to pitch 180, 200 innings. Makes you wonder how Chris Long lasted so long in the league. Or Chris Young, too. That's what I meant. Oof. Oof. Cut so, that. No, we're leaving that in. No, you got to cut um, that. I just think it makes too much sense to have him in the bullpen right now, especially with other bullpen pieces struggling. So Wigginter got sent down. But that wasn't – that was just workload. It was workload. They were talking about that during the broadcast too today. He's probably just going to spend the minimum time down there. He wasn't getting used today the anyway. 10 days. Yeah, the 10-day minimum. But the bullpen's not what it used to be. So if you trade Kirby Yates, what's left? It's Craig Stamen. Who has been. Stamen. I always do that. Great lately. Really hasn't been. Wigginter, who's kind of hit or miss, too. Like, what else is there? You love Robbie Erling? No. No. There's really nothing else in there. True. Um, Reyes is okay, but it's been a really short sample size with him, too. I I wouldn't mind Michelle Byers in the bullpen, just like a lights-out guy you can rely on late in the game. Young, controllable, cheap. Very true. We don't get those in the in the... Majors very often for, for the Padres, at least. Um, so all those guys got called up. Josh Naylor, along with Wigginter, got sent down. What have you thought about Naylor so far? I'm kind of, I kind of have a love-hate with Naylor. He can't field. Field, yeah, field where? Friday, it was, he was running circles out there on a couple fly balls. He's a little awkward. I hate seeing him in the, the dugout, though, because like, he just looks like he gets along with everybody so well. And I would hate to disrupt any kind of chemistry. But it's not like we're... Not like the Padres are fucking killing it out there, you know? They're not winning any games. I think you got to send him down, get him some more consistent at-bats down in AAA. That's voice crack. He has he has options. So, like, why not send him down? 
Uh, there's really nowhere for him to play. Will Myers, the rotting corpse of Will Myers is still out there, just struggling. The Margot's finally playing well. Renfro Reyes are playing well. How about Renfro's fielding lately? He's looked good. Talk about a guy that's gone from pretty below average to above average in the span of one year. Well, a couple of years ago in El Paso, I thought he was a pretty good outfielder defensively. He graded out pretty well. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about his arm. He's got a 70 arm in right field, so that's why you like him. But he's also quicker than Reyes, and he's, I don't know, I, w- I would say he was an above average outfielder. And then when he got, spent the, his full season with the Padres um, in, a, in a starting role, like not coming off the bench, just platooning versus left-handed pitching. When he finally got his starting role, he kind of choked in the outfield. I don't know what happened to him. And him and Margot, too. Margot was bad. And Margot's calling card was supposed to be his defense and his speed. And he's, he kind of struggled in his first year. So I don't know what it is. But anyway, Renfro looks really good now in the outfield. He looks like what I thought he would be, which is maybe a slightly above average defensive outfielder who also is chipping in. Now he's chipping in like 30, 35 home runs or maybe more. That's a pretty valuable piece, although he's not that young anymore. I think he's 27 years old. Still young. It's youngish. It's How not. many more years do we have him? Ray has just turned 24 for comparison. You forget how young Reyes is. You do forget. Everybody forgets. And that's old now, considering the rest of the team. Have you seen how young the, the rest of the team is? So they showed this on the broadcast, too. I'm going to even jump in before you say anything. Mejia is 23. Franville Reyes, they had it listed at 23. I'll think that's out of date already because I think he just turned 24 not that long ago. So much older now. Old man. Baez, who we talked about, just came up. He's kind of on the older side, too. He signed late as an international free agent. And they've been working him up slowly. He was dominating lower levels because he was a lot older than the competition he was facing. And he's already 23, but making his debut. Quantrill is 24. Lauer's still only 24. Margot's only 24. Andres Munoz is 20. Tatis is 20. Morajon, who was the opener today, only won a couple innings, is 20. It's funny. This is a Padres prospects show, but somehow we're talking about the Padres a ton because all their good prospects are up now. So that's kind of what happens. Why not now? Why not us? Uh, Logan Allen's 22. Arias is still only 22. People were pissed off about Arias struggling. Dude, he was 21 last year. Like, let's, let's calm down. That on has him. to be the youngest shortstop second base combo in MLB this year, right? I thought you were going to go history. Maybe even history, but... 22-20? Let's get the stats department on that. Yeah, uh, where's Lauren? Um, twenty, Yeah, 22 and 20. If they had gone the full season, I would challenge that for youngest duo. How could, how could it not be? Like, we'll, we'll think about that next week. Um, look that up. Chris Paddock also, just 23 years old. So the team is super young. Everybody's 20. I didn't realize Adrian – well, I kind of knew Adrian Morion was young, but I didn't think about it, and he's still only 20 years old. Pretty wild. And kind of just flown under the prospect radar because the pottery system is so good and so deep. Where did uh, you have him on your list? It's a great question. That's a thing I forgot to bring up. I think I'm at four, which is kind of just where everybody else, I think, has him. Um, I haven't looked at Baseball America or, uh, well, I, I do follow Keith Law and care about what he does in terms of rankings. But, yeah, I've got Gore one, obviously, Patino two, obviously. Arias three and Morihone four, which I think is kind of 
Do you see Morihone as a long-term starter, or is he another Baez bullpen guy? He's definitely a starter, and which is funny because he's a lot smaller than Baez, but uh, he looked really comfortable starting. And what I liked that the Padres did today was the the opener strategy with him and Quantrill, because Quantrill's been so good out of the bullpen, and I don't love Quantrill as a starter. I think he's, he's struggled. Even in the minors, he was struggling. He had like a four ERA in the minors, five ERA in the minors. Um I think Quantrill has pitched well enough to solidify himself as in the starting five next year. Next year, you're going to throw him in the in the rotation for next year. I will. We're we'll, we'll see about that because, as I mentioned earlier, the Potters have a ton of like mid rotation starter depth. No ace. No aces except for our Paddock. boy Mackenzie Gore. So I was looking up uh, Cal Quantrill's career minor league numbers. Is a four forty seven ERA. With 8.32 strikeouts per nine. So the ERA is really high across the minors. This is not a small sample size anymore. It's 68 starts. It's 332 innings. And he doesn't really strike out a ton of people, although 830, 8.32 is fine, I guess. But that number doesn't get higher when you get to the majors. If anything, it gets lower every time. I see him kind of being like who the Padres saw today, a Hendricks type. Not really a strikeout pitcher, just a ground ball guy. Great to have at Petco Park. I'd love to have him. So I've talked about this before on the show. I think pre-Padre show. I want, when you're easing young guys in the rotation, like Quantrill, like there's a whole bunch of them. So Quantrill and Morihone are a perfect example. And neither one of them you really want to go five or six innings because for various reasons. Maybe it's their pitch count. Maybe you don't want them to be exposed third time through the batting order. They're rookies. Maybe they're not used to pitching this this much. So what you do is you just give them each four innings. It's like, okay, Morion, you're going to pitch the first four. Quantrill, you've been really good out of the bullpen. You're going to come in for the next four. And so today it kind of worked out. I think Morion threw two and a third or something, and uh, Quantrill threw five and a third. Then how many days rest days. do you give Quantrill? Just normal that? normal starters rest. So it's, it's basically a save the bullpen day. You just let them both go four innings, and then you use, like, one guy or no, no guys, and you just let Quantrill finish the game because he's capable of doing that. I was a little surprised to see Andy Green left him in in the eighth there today. Oh, uh, it's, been, it's been shit on Andy Green week for his decision-making. Buntgate. Buntgate with Tatis. Oh, he was, I didn't think he was really going to bunt when he squared to bunt. And then he's been getting hammered for his bullpen management. And, yeah, you knew – Potter's Twitter was going to kill him, um, and Coach Cantera was going to kill him. Cantera was Cantera was all over his ass this week. Uh, listening on ninety-seven point three, the fan. What's up? So it, you knew if Quantrill was bad at the end of that game, if he blew this lead, which was I think two to one by the time uh, I think they scored all their runs in the eighth inning, right? Ninth, ninth, top of ninth. So yeah, if Quantrill blows that lead, Andy was going to get crushed. Is that a bad thing, though? Are you done with Andy? I'm done with Andy. Go Barajas. Team, I think, you team Barajas? I think you got to go Barajas. All the young guys, he's worked with them in the minors. He knows them. The future is now. You got to switch from Andy Green. Future is now, but future is also next year. So what does that mean for continuity if you're if you're firing Andy right now? That could screw up your clubhouse. really could. Who do you think was the one pressuring Kinsler to be in there all year? Was that Andy or a Preller thing? Well, who else did he have? Preller had, I mean, Preller has control to call up and send down guys. So if Arias is playing like 
crap and gets sent down, that's not Andy Green's decision. It's AJ Preller's decision. So who else? Who's he have to play second base? It's Kinsler, and it's uh, Garcia. Garcia, pride of Valhalla. That there's no one else. So it's not really up on Andy Green. I think it's on AJ Preller for signing Kinsler in the first place. Very true. I would have just I would just let Urias start the year next to Tatis up the middle and see what happens. Just let him fail for a few months if that's what it takes. Who cares? The team wasn't meant to win. We'll get into this later, but the team wasn't meant to win this year. We all know that. We got expectations all screwed up because they were playing 500 ball for so long, but they're really built to win next year in 2021. Very true. Just get the guys at bats this year. Yeah. Um, so that's Morion. Morion de- debuted. I thought he looked really good. Fastball is pumping in 95-96. The off-speed stuff hasn't really been there yet. He's supposed to have a good changeup, um, grading out above average. Uh not a Chris Paddock changeup, but definitely a good one. P- Paddock has one of the best changeups in the majors already, and it's he's a rookie. But Morhone's definitely mid-rotation starter upside. I'm happy to see him, and I'm happy to see him perform so well. Little things that, like he just looked. Mark Grant said this on the podcast or the the broadcast. He looked. He just looked poised out there. He looked ready to play. He looked comfortable. He was dapping up his teammates as he was coming off the mound. Um, all the veterans, Hosmer. Machado, like he just looks like he fit in really well, and he's a he's not a big guy, but I think he could hold up as a starter, no problem. I'm not worried about him. We give him eleven million dollars, like you got to try him out as a starter. Agreed. So that's the news. Let's uh, we we talked about this earlier. This is going to be our first seg of the day. What's the rotation going to look like next year? I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. So I ask this because, I mean, we're, we're still a prospect show, but the thing is, all of these guys on this list, I'm going to name, except for two, are prospects, because they've been in the major, the minors most of this season. Um, or hurt, so... Richards, Lamette are on this list, and they've been hurt all season, so they haven't really been pitching. Lamette has come in for two starts and not looked that great. But Quantrill, Jacob Nix, who's been hurt, pitched last year a little bit. I've never really loved Jason Nix or uh, Jacob Nix, but he's in the conversation. Like, what else do you do with him? Just stick him in the bullpen? There's Lauer and Lucchese, who the Padres need to let off the reins a little bit more and pitch deeper into games. They're 24, 25 years old, and it's in their second season – in the rotation, what do you do with them? Then we've got Adrian Morihon, who pitched today and is definitely a candidate for the rotation next year, especially if he performs well this season. Like, you can't just leave him in AAA. Paddock, obviously. Logan Allen. So that's nine guys. And then next season you have Gore, who's just a screeching prospect comment across the prospect sky, who's going to push for a rotation spot if he keeps his pace up, why not next year? He's young, but so is Morhone, so is so is everybody else on the team. You don't hold back Gore. I talked about this with John on the podcast before. If Gore's Gore proves he's good enough, there's no reason to just waste his bullets in the minors. He's a pitcher. Pitchers can come up and have success right away. There's if he shows he's too good for the level, it's not like hitters where you want to get him at bats against older pitching and as a pitcher on the mound, you're you're facing yourself for most of it. Is your stuff 
good enough. And if your stuff is good enough, like Gore's, it looks like it is. He's just got up to double A, and so we haven't really seen him extended against older competition. But he could be a candidate for next year. So there, that, that's 10 guys now, if you include Gore on that list. You don't really hear about service time with pitchers. Is that a thing? That's because, yeah, like they come up, if, they're, if you're good enough, they could just come up right away. There's no reason to save. He's using his arm in the minors. If he's that good, might as well be using his arm with the big club. So like young guys that come up, I think of Jose Fernandez right away, who came up as a 20-year-old. And you, you can be a star right away as a starting pitcher. I think it's harder to come in and be the hitter star like Tatis has done or Vlad Jr. Because you get to the majors, you're seeing curveballs that you've never seen before. These guys are all top of their game. But pitchers, it's it's mostly are you in command of your own arsenal. You're playing yourself a lot of the time. True. So if he's ready, you call him up. Like Louis, like uh, Julio Urias with the Dodgers a couple years ago. He was the star phenom. He was 19 when he first got called up because there's no reason to waste his elbow against minor league pitching when he could be helping your team win ballgames. You know what I mean? So do you see him as a September call-up this year to get a few innings in the bullpen? No, not really. I'd, I'd rather leave him in the high minors. He just got called up to the high minors. And I've seen you can see pitchers do that jump occasionally where he pitches, I don't know, a few innings in double-A and then he gets called up, but there's really no reason to rush him this year. But I think next year, if he if if he's doing what he's doing now, I would say he's got the highest upside on the team. So do you see him on the opening day? His roster? his upside is everybody loves Paddock. He his upside's way higher than Paddock's. People forget that because Paddock came up and has been so great. But Gore is a left-handed starter. Has already better command, better control, uh, better breaking pitches. Paddock's got the, the changeup, which is his out pitch, but that's kind of it. He's got to show me breaking ball, but Gore's ceiling is a number one guy. Paddock's not quite so much. Like a, he, I think of like a number two when I see Paddock. Gore's number one, and it's – I don't think it's that close. You don't think it's close? I don't think it's that close, no. I don't think anyone thought it was that close because when these guys were all coming up in the minors – Gore is already like a universal top 10 prospect anywhere you go look at prospects. And Paddock was never higher than, I mean, these things, this is in the minors. Things always, I mean, stars come from anywhere in prospect lists. Mookie Betts, uh, Mike Trout, these guys were not number one prospects. Or Trout was late in his career. But okay, Mookie Betts was not. J.D. Martinez was not. Just guys I thought off the top of my head. So they can kind of come from anywhere. But the tools, Paddock was never a top 10 prospect on anyone's list. And the tools are still kind of the same. He's amazing changeup, solid fastball, not a, not like a Michelle Baez fastball or an Andres Munoz fastball, but a good fastball. And Gorge is better. There's, there's no getting around it. So brings me back to the question. How do we get off on that? What, do you, what was your question? Is he on the opening day roster next year? Well, if you asked me about that Tatis this year, I would have said no. There was no reason to have Tatis up. But... So the A's were doing this with Jesus Lazardo this year. Lazardo is 21 years old. He just blew up the minors last year. Came in off an injury, uh, former Nationals property, coming off of Tommy John. Um, they were easing him back in and didn't know what they had either, and he was a stud at such a young age, and you kind of weren't prepared for it. 
And McGore's, mat- Gore's matured a lot faster than I think anyone thought he would as a high school pick just you know, a couple years ago. You don't expect them to develop so fast. And so you kind of don't know how to keep up with them. Do you keep advancing him? Do you challenge him at the major league level? I have no idea. That's, a, that's above my pay grade. I have no idea what to do with that. But if he keeps proving it this season, I would consider him next year. And if he shows it to me again in spring training... So this is what happened with Jesus Lazardo. He was a candidate to be in the A's rotation at a spring training. Unfortunately, got hurt, and he's kind of been in the minors ever since, working his way back. But if Gore continues on this path, is lights out in the minor or in spring training next year, yeah, I think he's a real candidate for the rotation. So back to the rotation question, who's in your rotation for next year? Let's assume Gore's not there because that's kind of a big leap. But... Lauer, Lucchese, you can't really take them out. What have they done to warrant taking out? you got Lamette and you've got Richards. Richards has to be in it, right? You'd have to as you long paid, as he... You paid for him. And if he's healthy, he's in the rotation. And is he your number one? Or do you go Paddock is your number one? I don't know if there's a number one. So what I was thinking is that you consolidate a lot of the mid-rotation guys. All these guys are not really future stars except Gore and Paddock. So you've got Paddock in the rotation. Lowry Lucchese is three. Richards is four. And then I think it's just who can win it in spring training between Lamette, Quantrill. I see Quantrill in the bullpen and Nick's in the bullpen. I see Nick's in the bullpen. I think Quantrill has solidified himself as a starter for That's, next year. I'm not so sure yet. And then I think you bring Gore up midseason next year. Sometime. And Morehone starts in the minors also. And Correct. then, of course, injuries always happen, especially with pitching. And you never know. All five of those guys could have Tommy John surgery. Richards this. could be healthy for about six days. And then one start looks great. Yeah. Done. And that was his Padres career. But I think what you do is you consolidate. So all these guys are mid-rotation upside except for Paddock. Gore's in the minors already. So Paddock of your guys next year is the only guy above mid-rotation starter. So who are the guys that have the most value of that group that you can use to go get like Noah Syndergaard? Or do the Mets only want like one of the outfielders, Reyes, Renfro, plus like Austin Hedges, and then maybe Allen or Nix or Quant, like one of those guys? I'm not sold on Allen. I think you give Allen up. Well, obviously, if you get the right deal, you give Allen up. But who knows what that right deal is and what are we getting back? So outside of Noah Syndergaard, there's no one really on the market that I am enamored with that what I would want in the rotation. You don't like Trevor Bauer? He's he's a he's got one more year in his deal, and then he's gonna be. He's talked about how he wants these. Uh, he's gonna be twenty million in arbitration this year, so we're not winning this year. So why get him? And the next year, he's on a twenty million dollar contract for one season, and then he's gonna he's gonna go to free agency for sure. So you're kind of just putting all your eggs in the in the one twenty twenty season. He's one of those years that you could sign him for four point two years, sixty nine million dollar contract. Four point two years, four twenty sixty nine. He might go for that. He would go that for sh- that. Wouldn't surprise me. But at the same time, he's publicly said that he wants to do one-year deals to maximize his value, which I kind of don't get as a pitcher. I think it's the dumbest thing you can do. Get that guaranteed money. You sign a long-term deal and get guaranteed money, and then you can get hurt and never play again, and you get all your money. So I don't, I don't know what he's thinking there. But if you want to make a push for an ace, I think you need to get rid of some of this young pitching. So the young guys who haven't really failed yet are kind of – Logan Allen, uh, Cal Quantrill, Jacob Nix. I don't have a problem trading any of those three. 
I wouldn't either. I, I kind of like them, but they're for me they're either like the six seven guys in the rotation or they're bullpen guys, and I kind of don't want them to fail yet so they can keep their value and then you can trade them. Yeah. Makes sense. Cruising right along. Okay. What's next? Uh, let's talk about my trip to Lake Elsinore on Friday. So I got to go to the Diamond with the Storm play for the first time. Great stadium. It was very. I was very impressed. The thing was built in the '90s, and it's held up very well. It looks great out there. Sold out crowd. Um, doing firework Friday night kind of thing. I wanted to see a few guys play specifically. So I was keeping my eye out for Luis Campuzano, who started at DH. Um, I guess they were saving him from behind the plate a little bit. Campuzano, I wanted to see Tirso Ornelas and Jason Rosario and Xavier Edwards. Now, those first two guys did not play, but Xavier Edwards started at second base. And second, I, interesting. I love Xavier Edwards. He looks like he's going to be starting at second base. He's been playing second base since he got up there. Then do you make Urias expendable to get one of those well, starters that we talked about? We could settle down a little bit and... Gabriel Arias was playing shortstop, so he's a very capable shortstop at high A right now. Bounce back season for him. I've, I've, I liked him last year, and then he was he was terrible last year. But he's kind of bounced back a little bit at high A. Um, he's still very young. So uh, Gabriel Arias is the clear shortstop on that team. And Xavier Edwards, who when they drafted in the supplemental round last year, uh, from I think he's from Coconut Grove. He's from Florida, high school kid. Short, I think he's 5'10". Power, not part of his game at all. He has one home run in his career so far. But defense, he showed off his defense at second base. I was really impressed with a couple sliding plays he made going to his left as a, as a second baseman. And he's hit everywhere he's gone. He doesn't really walk yet, but who needs to walk when you're getting hits as often as he does? Plus, he is one of the faster guys probably in the league. How many stolen bags does he have? Well... Funny you ask. Uh, I have those numbers right here. He, so far at high A, he's played 10 games. He's got four stolen bases without being caught yet. That's great. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised in low A. So he hit, he hit 332 in low A with 304 at-bats. It was only uh, 19 for 27 in stolen bases, which isn't as good a percentage as I expected from him. But the year he was drafted, so last year, across rookie ball and short season um, Tri-City ball, he was uh, 22 for 23. So, and what's my boy C.J. Abrams at right now? So this, this is all you care about? You're just going to be a, a number counter? I mean, numbers don't lie. They don't lie. But when young guys are stealing bases, like they could, be, they could be running or not running for various reasons. So one reason could be he's running so much because – he he's want, he hitting wants to. doubles. He wants to. Yeah. Or he's not running because either injury or potential injury or he's not working. He's just working on his reads right now. Like minor league stats don't count. So, I mean, they count. But if he's talking with his coaching staff and he's just working on reads one day, maybe he's not running. Or maybe he's only getting doubles that day. Or he's getting so many extra base hits because he's so fast. He never stops at first base. There's like lots of little things that can go into uh, – why a guy is potentially not running, especially a speed guy, which Edwards is. And your boy, you like C.J. Abrams a lot more. So far, he's been in the Arizona League, rookie ball, with all the other guys who get drafted. This is where they go. 
he's hitting 419 in 105 at bats. So not even that small a sample size anymore for him as a as a rookie player. That's a in your first season. That's a, it's a significant sample. He's got 12 stolen bases and four caught ceilings, so he's running fine. Not walking at all. He's got seven walks, and he has two home runs. So those are your C.J. Abrams numbers. I like both. I'm not anti-C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams has a higher pedigree. He's a sixth overall pick. Uh, he's bigger. He can play shortstop. He's not going to move off shortstop yet. Xavier Edwards has already moved off a of shortstop. He's going to play second base, it looks like, going forward. And they're both, I mean, C.J. Abrams is 18, Xavier Edwards is 19. They're going to be slow track players. I think C.J. Abrams is just more athletic. I mean, the story of Preller going to recruit him and him windmill dunking in dress shoes is... That's not bad. It's 6'2". I can't, I've never been able to dunk. I'm 6'3". I can touch the net at 6'3". Nice. Uh, I, I'd like both. Like, they play shortstop and second. That's what you want. Young combo. That's, what, that's Tatis Urias, but... Three years earlier. Do you think they'll be in Lake Elsinore together next year? Uh, it's a little aggressive for Abrams, but why not? Edwards came up. Who do you put it short then? Oh, C.J. Abrams. Edwards is the, is your second baseman now. He's kind of that's. I don't think he's going back to shortstop. The system's loaded with too many shortstops, where it doesn't make any sense to have Edwards try to force in there when he's probably even a better second baseman than he is shortstop. He projects better as a second baseman. He projects way better. The arm isn't what C.J. Abrams and has. No power. It's not what Gabriel Arias has. It's not what Tatis has. Like, there's just no reason to like force him to play shortstop. He's a very good second baseman. Speaking he, of shortstops, was uh, Alan Cordoba down there at Lake Elsinore? So Alan Cordoba, do you guys remember Alan Cordoba? Cordoba. Cordoba. Acento on the primero o. C. C. Uh, spent a year in Spain. No big deal. Um, yeah, he was there and he was, he was terrible. He's a former rule five pick from, what was it? St. Louis. I feel like it was St. Louis. So when you pick a goal, a guy in the rule five draft, these are guys that have spent so much time in the minor leagues that MLB has put in a rule where teams can't just hide and hoard all their prospects for years and years and years. They never get to come up. So you either protect them by placing them on the 40 man roster or when they when they hit a certain number of years out of high school or a certain number of years uh, out of the free agency, whenever they got signed out of international free agency. So Cordoba was a guy who was not put on the 40-man roster when he was eligible for the Rule 5 draft. The Cardinals exposed him. Padres signed him. But the catch is the Padres had to keep him up for the entire season. That's how you keep him. Or if you have to send him down, you have to give him back to the other team. Any other team can take him. Yeah, he goes on. Well, he goes on waivers, and right? Then, yeah, or you give him back, correct, to, to the original team. So he what was that a couple years ago now. How long ago was that? Was that two thousand seven sixteen? Let's go to the tape. Gonna have to check that one. Lauren, check it. Mom, meatloaf. It was twenty seventeen, so not that long ago. He hit two oh eight in a hundred games. A little bit of power. I always liked his projection. He's a big dude, like 6'3". Yeah, he was a shortstop. He was a big dude. He's, they haven't listed on uh, Baseball America at 6'1", 175. But he looks big. Plays big. Yeah. Long, lean, lanky. Where do they have him playing, like, Elsinore? They, they were stick, they, he's listed as an infielder on their official, like, roster page. But they had him in center field. And he got picked off in one of the worst pickoffs I've ever seen, where he just – he looked like, a st- like he had a stroke at first base. 
didn't like didn't flinch. The guy threw over whoever was pitching at the time. Threw lefty over. or righty. I don't know. Does it matter? He didn't move, so, and he got picked off. And then in center field, uh, I didn't even see the play because I saw this pop up. Cordoba's shading to his right, kind of close to the left fielder. And I put my head down because oh that's an out. And then I look up again. Everybody's screaming that he, and he dropped it. So that was Alan Cordova's day when I was there Friday. So he's not moving up anybody's boards. Well, he's having an okay season in, at Lake Elsinore. Um, the Lake Elsinore team is so good. I love the Lake Elsinore team. They're full of dudes. Campuzano is leading the league in hitting, or he was uh, about a week ago. Is a catcher like leading the league in hitting? Is a catcher? It's nuts. Cordoba hitting three thirteen so far in guess how many games? Sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> Four home runs, and he's running a lot. He's running more than I've ever seen him run. He's got 26 stolen bases and eight caught ceilings. He's getting on base. He's he's walking a wee bit for a wee lad. He's probably an option at some point. His defense, I don't know where they're going to stick him. That's a problem. The Padres are so loaded in the minor leagues, he doesn't really stand out anywhere. So what do you do with him? He's a guy that plays infield, outfield, I guess. is a bench guy, can run, but his defense is garbage. So He's suspect. There's your uh, Alan Cordoba update for the day. Last thing we're going to talk about. We'll get out of here. It is sadly time to reset Padre expectations for 2019. So everybody was really excited about 2019. Nobody more so than you and me. And for various reasons. One, the Padres had the best prospect system in baseball. The year before, I think they were probably two or three or whatever you had them at. This year, they were unanimous. They had the best. And that's after graduating. Well, no, not after graduating. But they signed Manny Machado, who is the biggest free agent the Potters have ever had. Biggest star the Potters have ever had. Do you dispute that? Biggest star, Machado. Bigger than Tony? It's tough. It's a tough call. So, Tony Gwynn is the best contact pure hitter I've ever seen. Mr. San Diego. He is. And I'm born and raised in San Diego. I love Tony Gwynn. But here's born the and raised in Long Beach, but huh? No, I said me. Oh. oh, sorry. No, I'm born and raised in San Diego. I love Tony Gwynn more than anyone. Tony Gwynn stats on Twitter are amazing, but he was never that big a star nationally compared to like Manny Machado. Agreed. So, Ipso, but also different facto. times, you know, different social times. media now, everyone's a bigger star. True. But Manny's ceiling is also high. Anyway, that's not what, that's not the point. So let's just cut all this. Biggest, <laughs> oh, I'm leaving it in. It's the biggest free agent signing the Padres ever had. Agreed. No doubt. It put the Padres, it put San Diego in the national spotlight for one of the, f- the, f- the few times I can ever remember. Outside of that 2015 year when Preller went full AJ Preller and signed everybody and traded everybody and then they were terrible. So you got Machado, then Tatis was called up unexpectedly. That put the Padres back in the national spotlight. Paddock has been awesome this year. His little, not only has he been really good, his little uh, dust-ups with Pete Alonso have been awesome, and I hate Pete Alonso now. Mejia, the youth movement, and the chatter around the Padres nationally has been the most it's ever been. Padres Twitter has become a thing. You don't mess with Padres Twitter now. The Cubs. Shout out Cubs Twitter. Given Padres Twitter a shout out today. Good. Yeah, we've they've earned it. We've earned it. We're we're in that. So all of this going for the Padres in twenty nineteen. People care 
The fan base is the most knowledgeable I've ever seen it. They care the most since probably 2015. And before 2015, who knows when they care the most? What was it before that, 2010? There's not a lot of years where people have cared. All the young players, all the minor league players, it's the highest minor league baseball IQ I've seen from a fan base. The Padres fans know the prospects, which is really exciting, and that's why we're doing a prospect show. But it's time to Aaron Rodgers it a little bit. R-E-L-A-X. Everybody, I guess I'm using everybody as like I talk to everybody. I've seen people, me included, I get a little upset when they go on a bad losing streak to start the All-Star, after the All-Star break. You were upset. I was. How could you not be? Because we had expectations changed for us as fans. 2019 was supposed to be the year all the young guys came up and were exciting and fun to watch. That's all true. So what happened is they were better than we expected and our expectations changed. 2019 was the year before the year they were good. It's always been that way. We were supposed to be good in 2020, not 2019. So what, what happened? Is it just expectations changed because we were playing 500 ball for so long? They were 500 at the all-star break. Pitching's always been an issue. We, we said that before the season started. You and I had a conversation like, oh, they're, they're pretty good. They've got some hitters, but the rotation depth is not there. We're not going to, Paddock's going to be on a strict inning count all year. So who else is there? There's, there's no other pitching. Lamette's going to come back late in the season. He's going to be on an innings count. Not going to turn him loose. No Garrett Richards. You started Nick Margavichus in the rotation who really didn't earn that spot. And he was okay, but you never thought he was going to stick around. We just all got pissed off about this losing streak when realistically we're on the right track. This is, we're ahead of the right track and you got Think back about, like you said, beginning of the season, it was always next year. It wasn't this year. We just all, you know, haven't had anybody to root for in forever. So got a little overexcited. Like you said, Aaron Rodgers, need to chug a beer and relax. Hopefully chug it a little faster than Aaron. He's but pretty bad at chugging, isn't he? He is, might be the worst I've seen. I'm not the best chugger, but if you're going to be a, a national figure, pro athlete, quarterback, and you're going to chug on camera, you better learn how to chug. Agreed. Agreed. So we're back in for all in 2020, right? It's not all in 2019. We had this joke a few years ago, all in 2019, because I thought that's when we were going to see all the young guys, which it was, but I think reset all in 2020. I think you reset this year. Like we're doing right now. Trade Kirby Yates, right? Trade Kirby Yates. His ceiling will never be higher. Get some more prospects for him. You would be happy. You're not the biggest prospect guy. You know them. About his average, probably a, a regular Padre fan. Agreed. You would be happy with prospects for Kirby Yates. I think you have to. I mean, same as I think we can get a little more than what we got for Brad Hand. And we got, got a starting catcher for Brad Hand. We did. But I think Kirby Yates is that much better than Brad Hand. Center field. Are you happy with Margot too? I've heard center field chatter. I would take a center fielder. I mean, Margot's been playing well lately. You can't. It's nice seeing Margot play well, but you can't just... He's had a good month, so now we're okay. It's right. You can't bank on him. I, I don't really trust him. I'm really happy that he's playing well. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for us because it's nice to finally – he's still sneaky young. He's 24 years old. So maybe he's needed more time. Than, Younger than Quantrill. Yeah, Quantrill, Quantrill's had a rough start. I thought he was a when – when Preller took him, I think he took him eighth overall out of Stanford. It's like 
that seemed just like a he was playing it safe move. It was very unpreller-ish or unpreller-like. It seemed like a safe pick. He does that a lot in the first round. You notice that? Ryan Weathers last year. A lot of guys that he'd rather spend money elsewhere. So he he takes chances later, like second, third, he fourth round. He convinces them that hey, I'll take you higher than you're supposed to be, but I'm going to give you less money than the slots allowed. Do you, I don't really do you like that? It's an interesting strategy. I mean, how many first rounders have been misses? You oh, never know. So, there's so many. They're all like your odds of being a miss. Who the was the round. last Padres first rounder that did anything? Ooh, that's a good question. Padres first round pick, Jake Peavy. Well, Kyle Quantrill. Um, so like was good. No, Peavy wasn't a first round pick, was he? Let's go to the tape. No, he was like 20 seconds. Yeah, he was late. Um, I'm blanking on the name. What third baseman we traded him? Third baseman? Or no, we traded him this year. Ugh, why am I blanking oh. right now? He played like everywhere. He, he's a... Uh, it was uh, Headley. Headley, but we didn't draft Headley. Yeah, we did. Um, we He was on the team last year. Why am I blanking? PV, a 15th round pick, so we're close there. But Headley, no, Headley was good. And Headley was a first-round pick, I believe, out of Tennessee. I'm looking it up right now. And he had a couple of really good seasons. So, oh, second-round pick. Damn. And, yeah, he was from Tennessee. Who, he played second last year. We got rid of him this year. He was a first-round pick. White guy. <laughs> Bad lefty. Sean Burroughs. <laughs> this is pissing me off. Left-hander, second baseman. We had last year. We got rid of him this year. Second baseman? Starts with an ass. Josh Barfield? Let me look this up. Getting off the rails Second baseman? Spangenberg. Oh, yeah. Corey (laughs) Spangenberg. Okay, you're right. Very apt description, too. White left-handed. Wasn't (laughs) on the team last year. Played second base. Uh, That's how bad he was. I didn't even consider Spangenberg. He was a first-round draft pick. I think he was 11th overall. Something like that. Tenth. Damn. Uh, good call, though. Yeah, he was probably the last real first-round contributor. Unless there's someone we're just missing, which is... Joe Ross. Renfro. Traded. Oh, Renfro was 13 overall. So, no, it's Renfro. Okay, the answer's Renfro, then. Yeah. Because he's been really good this year. Yeah. Feel free to talk on the mic, too. I thought we were not. Oh, no, we're talking. This is, this is going in. <laughs> your face goes everywhere but the mic. you got to learn to keep your face pointed at the mic when you talk. Duly noted. Okay. That I'll cut. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the answer is Renfro. Yeah, Renfro, the last Padre first-round draft pick to do anything before that. Before that. Corey Spangenberg. Spangenberg, it's not a very good list. No. Because all the good young players they get, they get from trades. Like Adrian Gonzalez was a, got from the Marlins. Right. Uh, Khalil Lee, maybe. I don't think Let he... me pull up the list real quick right here. Yeah, Let's see. You have the definitive list of... Of Padres' first round draft picks. Oh, I mean, we're we the Padres famously have some Matt Bush really good busts on that list. Matthew Antonelli, Donovan Tate, Donovan Tate up there. Oh, God, who that's, that's a good list. Last I checked, was playing football at Arizona. He's at a rehab though. Good for him. Did he go to rehab? That wasn't just I'm Matt sure, Bush. I'm sure he did. There could be just a Padres rehab. Khalil Green. First I wonder where he is right now. Eating tuna fish on some island somewhere. Farming. Just living off the land. But yeah, other than that, 
Ty Max Reed. Freed, who's doing something, Ooh. but traded. Traded, obviously. Trey Turner. Oof. And then in recent years, Eric Lauer. Tony Gwynn, third round pick. Hudson Sanchez. Cal Quantrill. Okay. So not a great list is what we're getting at. But Correct. Renfro looks like a hit, for now at least. He was slow to develop. He came up, I think he's a 25-year-old. He was up for the Golden Spikes Award, too. He was a, he had a really good college career. Highly rated prospect. Mississippi State. Yeah. Really good Went career. to the College World Series. Um, it's just been, he was slow to develop. His his hit tool was always behind, and people always worried about his hit tool. And it's still not great. Uh, he's we, uh, we thought, all or nothing now. We thought just like lefty masher, potentially. Like Jed Jerko, kind of. Jed Jerko should be on that list somewhere, right? He was good. He had, a, he had a good year, at least one. He was in a conversation to get traded for John Carlos Stanton. You remember that a few years ago? Yeah. When he was good? Should have done that. Should we have? Stanton doesn't even play. True. Can't stay healthy. Are we off the rails sufficiently enough? We are getting off the rails. It's okay. about that time. No, it's time. Well, uh, I'm going to fix sports next week. I've got... This is evergreen content anyway. I have all these good to go for next week. So... Tune in next weekend or uh, next Monday, I guess. We'll do it Monday. That's going to do it. So let's get out of here. Thank you to Wade for filling in this week. Please follow our Twitter accounts. We uh, The show's Twitter is at Friar Farmhands. So if you like the show, please check it out. Wade, what's your Twitter? Not going to throw that out on here. Okay. If you enjoy the show, please remember <laughs> to subscribe. We're available on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us on Believe.com and Believe Podcast. Please. At Believe Podcast. It's, do you see that? All right, I'll start over. Do you know what that at symbol means? I'm shook right now. You, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what that at means? You can also find us on... <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one that struggles with this. Everybody struggles with this. You should, you should hear our outtake. They're, they're bad. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating to show the plug. I can't do this. <laughs> Jesus this. Christ. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. No. Uh, leave your rating of the show on all your favorite platforms. That was Wade struggling to finish the show. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. Peace out. Oh, it's over. You gotta take that. Wade, oh my god. I was on fire the whole time. (laughs) Just move on toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. Now, read it. You can also find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Do it again without being so close to the mic. Lauren. And Lauren. Jesus. (laughs) You thought it was over as we're giving out all the... You signaled. I didn't realize laying out a portion. Who signaled? Will you come read this part? No. You could read it if you want. No, I'm actually a professional voice artist, so Mm. you have to, you know, call my union. Quiet on set. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.